Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center and the UK College of Agriculture, Food and Environment's Cooperative Extension Service. We will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and research from the experts at Markey Cancer Center, Kentucky's only National Cancer Institute designated cancer center. Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be continuing our Cancer Conversation series with Amy Downs, a social worker with the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, Amy, one thing that I really enjoy about our um, Cancer Conversation series, or one thing that I guess I I should say, uh, maybe the better term is unique about our Cancer Conversation series, is that it allows us the opportunity to delve into different topics associated with cancer diagnosis or cancer treatment, et cetera. And so today we're going to talk about sexual health and cancer. And I wanted to get started by asking the question of why is sexual health an important topic to discuss for patients experiencing a cancer diagnosis? So sexual health is really a basic and just fundamental part of being a human. And it's also a really important component of our quality of life. And so while it's true that there are several other concerns or stressors going on at the time of someone's cancer diagnosis or going through treatment that probably seem higher priority, it's really important to pay attention to your overall well-being. And that includes our emotional and relational health. And so paying attention to our whole body and experience can actually lend to a more positive experience overall. And as human beings, our sexual health is a really big part of that. And there's lots of changes happening in your body because of a cancer diagnosis, whether that's during or even after cancer treatment. And some of these changes can actually have a direct impact and affect your sexual health. It's actually estimated that between 40 to 94%, some even say as high as 100% of cancer patients report having some sort of sexual dysfunction during their cancer treatment. So you're not alone. And while you may not have energy or interest in sexual activity that maybe you're used to, being intimate with and feeling close to your partner or spouse is just as important now as it was before a cancer diagnosis. And there's actually a lot you can do to take back and maintain your sexual health, even while undergoing active treatment. But the best thing a person can do is be proactive about maintaining this part of your life. Yeah, and just listening to you talk more about sexual health as I was doing a little bit of show prep for for today's show, I was thinking about that, that like you said, that sometimes this would be in the back of your mind, but then I would also think for maybe some cancer um, diagnosis, it might be something that's right at the, the front of someone's mind as well. So I do think it's important to bring attention to and have a conversation about. What changes could someone experiencing cancer expect? So, of course, everyone's different. So there's going to be a variety of changes that someone could experience. Um, A lot of the changes will likely depend on your diagnosis, um, as well as your treatment plan. There could be physical changes that could include 
actual damage to your sexual organs, whether that's because of surgery or treatment, but it could also include affecting your hormone levels. And both of these changes could potentially contribute to possible pain during intercourse or just altering the sexual experience in some way. And in treatment, we know can also change how your body looks, whether that's hair loss or scarring on your body from a surgery or whether there's weight loss or even weight gain. Um, but just how you feel about your body affects our intimate relationships. And a lot of times people may not feel desirable or lovable because of these changes or because they're just not feeling well. So it's really important to be kind and gentle with yourselves while coping with these changes and be sure that you're giving yourself enough time to heal and adjust. It's important that you really aren't super hard on yourself during this time, but also try to take time to recognize new strengths that you may see and recognize maybe positive changes that are happening in your body. Other changes could include emotional or practical changes. As far as emotions go, a lot of people are already dealing with stress or worry or other difficult feelings as you're processing your diagnosis. And it's really easy to put your relational health and relationships on the back burner. It's common to feel sad or depressed or have feelings of low self-esteem because you're not feeling well, or you're grieving over your lifestyle or job changes that you're experiencing, or just overall stress in general. But our emotional health has a direct and considerable impact on our relationships and intimate desires. So it's really important to recognize that our emotional concerns and, and seek help from mental health professionals to kind of help you process through these feelings and, and improve your emotional well-being. And then as far as practical changes, your usual routines or roles may be changing as well. And if you tire easily throughout the day because of treatment, it may mean having important conversations with your partner or intimate times earlier in the day. It's important to note that also a lot of these changes caused by cancer treatment may be temporary and they may eventually get back to being better after treatment. And as you recover, you may find that your sex life goes back to the way it was. And at sometimes these changes may last longer or they may be permanent, but it's important to know that you're not alone and that there is support to help you adjust to these changes. I could see potentially this being a difficult conversation for an individual to have, maybe especially with their doctor when they might have so many other questions to ask about their diagnosis or treatment plan. Is this something that someone should bring up their concerns with their doctor? And if so, what questions should they ask? Sure, definitely. I would encourage everyone who's experiencing any type of sexual health concern to bring up your questions or your concerns to your medical provider early on, even if your doctor or medical provider have never even had this conversation with you. And, and the truth is, is that there's so much information that's shared between the medical provider and the patient during a visit that it's impossible to touch on every subject. But what is possible is to give time to talk about things that you see as priority in the conversation. If it's a concern to you, then bring it up. It may not be a concern for the person next door, um, but this is your visit. So don't be afraid or embarrassed to talk about it if it's important to you. And like you said, it's really common for someone to feel embarrassed or uncomfortable talking about something that's really personal. But remember that the vast majority of patients with cancer experience some sort of sexual dysfunction. Um, in a study of 3,000 women who acknowledged some sort of sexual concern, only 6% of them actually spoke to their medical providers about their concerns and sought advice. 
So I would encourage you to treat your concern about sexual side effects the same as you would any other side effect. Your medical provider could provide that missing key piece of information that you need to address your sexual health concern, but it could be missed if you don't ask your question directly. Help is available or may be available. We just need to be open and willing to ask for help. Some things that we can consider when having this conversation with your doctor or medical provider would be, first, think about who you want to talk to. Is there someone in particular on your healthcare team that you feel more comfortable with? Who would that be? Is there a nurse practitioner? Is it your oncologist? Is there a social worker available? And then think about what information you want to know. You may want to know why. Why have you lost interest in sex and starting treatment? Will it improve? What could help? Um, you may be experiencing vaginal dryness or loss of erection. Are there products or devices that can assist with these issues? Are there types of contraception that should be used right now? Should we be using a condom? Are there side effects of medications that could affect your sexual experiences? So the, the questions are endless, but it really is going to matter what really is important to you to know. And then write down your questions that you want to ask. And I encourage this with all of my patients. We all know that we've had times where we've had a question on our mind for weeks that we want to ask our doctor and then end up leaving the visit because we forget. So write it down and then actually remember to bring it with you. And, and during those appointments, make sure you, you tell your medical provider at the very beginning of the visit that you have some questions and that you would like some time to ask. And then don't worry about using the right medical words about sex or your body. Use words that you would typically use and understand. And by using words that you understand, you'll probably receive feedback in those same words. And then if something is not clear, ask your provider to explain it again. But in the end, your healthcare team is there to help you to provide, to listen to your concerns, to explore possible treatment options, to work together with you to improve your ability to enjoy sex again. But sharing your specific concerns and experiences is really the best way to help your providers know how to best address your concerns. I think that that's a lot of great action steps that someone someone can take. And I'm certain that individuals going through cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment, that they often feel a loss of power. So what are some tips that someone could use to reclaim some of their sexual health and function while having cancer? Sure. Well, there are many ways that we can really enhance and share pleasure and enhance our closeness to our partner. Um, but I would suggest that the first step is to really just talk with your partner. Conversation is key. Um, many partners we find hesitate to initiate sex or even bring up the conversation because they don't want to pressure someone or cause potentially any physical pain. But being able to acknowledge that things are different now and that you want to talk about it can be a huge relief to the other person. And these conversations can really lead to exploring new and different ways to be sexual, which may even actually end up leading to a greater sense of emotional and physical intimacy. These conversations can really be helpful if there's this willingness as a couple to actually redefine what se sexual wellness looks like in your relationship. And then that leads to the next step, experimentation. Try new things. Now's the time to explore new areas of the body. If you're really tired and fatigued, try having sex in the morning or day instead of night. If you've experienced changes to your body, like a mastectomy, or maybe you have an ostomy now, you and your partner may need to kind of talk about and remap areas of your body that you're comfortable with being available during sex. 
and discover other areas of the body to focus on. And whether you do that through a conversation or explore it as part of foreplay, it's a really part um, important part of this discussion. And it's also important to kind of broaden our definition of what it means to be sexually active beyond our typical thoughts around sexual intercourse. It's often said that our biggest sex organ is our brain and not our genitals. And when you think about that, that really opens up our sexual world to new possibilities when we allow ourselves the chance to really explore the mental and emotional side of pleasure and intimacy beyond just our typical understanding of sex as intercourse. And then patience, I would say, take it slow. Sometimes this path back to intimacy will start with small steps. So that could look like making your partner a cup of coffee in the morning, relive and talk about a funny moment you had from your past, dress up and maybe even dance in your kitchen before dinner, give your partner a hug or hold their hand when they aren't expecting it. Say thank you. There are so many small steps or practices that really go a long way in building the intimacy back in your relationship. But it takes time and patience to find the new ways of connecting intimately with one another. And then keep an open mind and probably a little sense of humor along the way. And remember that your return to good sexual function is a process that starts with you. And it's a work in progress. And you've got to be patient with yourself and as your partner as you work towards your new sexual health normal. Amy, thank you so much for sharing with us today. As we begin to wrap up, any last thoughts that you may have for our listeners? Sure. I would think that if you're listening to this, then I'm going to assume that maybe this topic kind of piqued your interest for a reason, possibly as an experience that you're going through right now. And and just know that you're not alone in your questions or concerns and that there is help available. But communication is key. Talking with your providers, talking with your partners, um, but also allowing yourself to process through all the changes that you're going through and explore new ideas and activities are all very important to addressing your sexual health concerns during this time. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK Markey or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu. Building strong families, building Kentucky. It starts with us.